so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Dans le paquet, ils n'ont pas signalé en jeu face à Joël Bach et ça va être le but de Chris Wallet. But de Wallet 1-0 pour l'Olympique de Marseille. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Marseille View. My name's Stefan and I'm hosting tonight. I am, as always, joined by my trusty sidekick, that's Ben, the chief of the OM Nation group in London. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> hey, I've been, called, I've, I've been called worse things than sidekick, so um, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, good to be back. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Pleased to see OM today in action. Yeah, look, it's been, guys, it's been four months with um, with no, um, no dose of our favourite drugs, so let's be honest, it's good even though it's a friendly... Um, but we'll talk about that in more detail in a few minutes. Okay. Um, I'm also joined by the president of the OM Nation Group in San Francisco, that's Arno, who joins us after a few months absent from the podcast. How are you, Arno? I'm doing very well, yeah. And I realise that I'm definitely more Marseille fan and a soccer fan because I didn't watch much of these Bundesliga or Liga or Premier League games, but I, I couldn't wait for this friendly game against the third division of... Uh, uh, yeah, Austria, Austria team. So yeah, uh, happy to have seen Marseille play again. Brilliant. Finally, we've got a special guest appearance from French journalist Murad Ayers on the show. Apologies if I pronounced your name wrong there, Murad. Um, how are you though? I'm good, and everybody pronounced my my name wrong, so <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'm used to it. Me too. To be honest, I think we probably all are a bit. So many of the listeners will know you from the website Football Club de Marseille, which is an OM fan website. It's got a lot of articles, TV chat shows and news stories about the club. So um, do have a look at it if you're, if you're not familiar with the site. Um, but Murad, I also wanted to ask you about um, something else. I wanted to ask you about Leeds United, actually. So I know that you've written a book about Marcel Bielsa um, and his time at Marseille, and that was... I think quite recently published, so um, I don't know if some of our listeners might have seen, come across the book or not, but I was kind of just interested to know if you've been following Bielsa at Leeds, you know, knowing that Leeds have just won promotion to the Championship this weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I watch almost all the game of Leeds when I could. I mean, sometimes it was you know, at the same time than OM game, so I had to, to make a choice and it was not in favour of Leeds, but... Um, as as much as I could watch watch Marcelo Bielsa's game, I did, and uh, I haven't been to Leeds last year to watch a game uh, against. I, I can't remember the team Preston Preston North End, and it was a win, three uh, 0 and it was great, and to feel the vibe of the of the support of the fans around the, around Marcelo Bielsa when Marcelo Bielsa is coaching your team something different happened and for me when Bielsa came to OM it was really a shock really I mean I cannot put other words it was a shock it changed my vision of football it changed everything 
and yeah, I mean, OM is like I don't know, OM is like my own, it's like my home, you know. I cannot cannot be somewhere else. I have to be to to be around OM, but um, but definitely Bielsa has has a huge impact and still has uh, right now. And I followed him, followed the two season, and I'm so happy to see him succeed because what he tried to achieve is really exigent. He's not picking up easy place to do what you is really hard things and and when he failed you, you your your heart bleed you understand that this is not fair you know what he tried to do it is fair and when he's losing it is not fair so seeing him succeeding finally something in those last last couple of years because i i like to remember everybody that say that he's a loser that uh, i mean is his club Newell's old boys in Argentina is playing in Marcelo Bielsa Stadium, so he already achieved the biggest that he could achieve when after a couple of years of of his career. But anyway, it really, really made me happy to see him succeed um, su- succeed this weekend. That was, I mean, that was great emotion, and yeah, I'm happy for him. I, I think for me I guess personally, just, uh, sorry. Go ahead, there? Steph. Go ahead. I was just saying, for me personally, it just makes me sad that we didn't get to see that kind of success at Marseille. You know, um, winning any trophies or you know staying long enough to, you know, to yeah, to for the what we've seen on the pitch to kind of transfer into to something. But yeah, sorry, Ben, are you going to say? I, 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 no, I was just going to finish it off and say um, I've read Murad's book. But Murad's book and uh, it's really good. <laughs> really enjoyed it. So well done. You've done a lot of research and. Uh, I think you captured perfectly how we all felt during that season, which was um, the the excitement, the the buzz, the positivity of the way we were playing football. It was so attractive. And um, in your book, it it just brings back all the flashbacks. So thank you for putting that together. Thank you very much. And and yeah, I I guess even if he didn't have the the achievement in Marseille, it creates something, and what I adore about him, and what I, what he woke me up, and I mean, I don't know, it's not even correct to say woke up inside me, but what he made me realize is that football is definitely more than just a title or just a victory or loss or lose. You know, it's 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 way much more. Right now, I'm recording a podcast with guys in UK in, in USA. You can, can you imagine what a tremendous passion we have for this sport? And this is the first thing. I mean, you know, I I came to to make a list of my um, of my priority regarding football and this passion this thing this the, the things that the fans that move the fans it's it's the first thing for me in professional football then second is it's it's what coach can make with with player like tactically and what they can create with um, like that type of chess game because really it's people that say that football is them they they, they are really wrong they do not know anything it's you you need to be really smart to put a tactical scheme and everything so so this is my two top priorities and this is what Bielsa gave me first and and that's so great you know and that's that's something that that rarely exists somewhere else because there is so many bad things, so many things that I try not to look at in the world of football, but Bielsa gave me that. And anyway, I told you guys, if you start to make me speak about Bielsa, you know, this podcast will be five hours long. So it should stop at one point. We'll, we'll start a Leeds United podcast next season. You can join us regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Steph's not <the> <laughs> 
I'm not. I mean, I have to be honest, like because obviously I live in Leeds, um, but I'm not a big fan of the club. To be honest, there's I've got there's various things about the club where I just can't do it. I'm afraid, even though I love Bielsa, um, but. I just feel like he's in the wrong club. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm there's, just, um, there's some things about their identity and their fans and stuff. I'm just not. I'm not big on. Apologies for any Leeds fans that listen to us, but yeah, it's just not the club I must for admit, me. I must admit, it was a bit painful. I'm, I was born in Derby in the UK, and I'm from Derby. I, I do follow Derby County reg, not regularly, but I keep an eye on their results. And yeah, it did. Knowing knowing many hardcore Derby fans, such as my uncle and stuff, seeing Leeds celebrate like that in in Derby Stadium. Will have it probably made him sick to the stomach, um, but hey, congrats to them, fair play. Okay, so um, we've got quite a busy schedule for tonight. Um, I'm not sure we'll get through everything, but the the idea was that we would firstly just reflect on the today's match against FC Pinzo. I believe. I'm sorry for my pronunciation again, and then we'll discuss. Um, I think briefly we'll have a just a chat about the recent news about the takeover from Mohamed Ajudri, which was kind of sort of has developed quite a bit since we last chat chatted about it on the podcast. Um, and then what we'll do if we stay on track is we'll kind of focus on the Mercato for the remainder of the pod. So we're going to talk through our first signing, Papagayi, some of the recent departures and discuss some of the rumours of players that are arriving or leaving the club and finally we'll also pick our own Mercatos if we get the chance at the end so we'll choose who we would sign if we were head of football of Marseille um, you know what would be the perfect summer transfer period and we'll give our we'll use our own scouting expertise though fortunately we are missing Luca and even though he has been doing a lot of research on Canadian strikers but sadly he couldn't make it um, okay so Starting off today, um, we saw the match against first pre-season match against FC Pingzhou. So it's a th- third division Austrian side. So Marseille one five one. Yeah, I just wanted to very quickly ask you guys: Is did you ha- was there any takeaways from the game that you saw today? Anything that stood out for you um, that you want to share? Yeah, I can start. Um, so it was interesting that the starting eleven was basically. Starting eleven of last year, um, with um, Pab Gay also in the starting eleven instead of Camara, and um, and also Chabon instead of Payet. So I think it was a good test. The first half, you know, um, to test these two players, and I think that Pab Gay definitely passed the test. And the fact that he scored the first goal is symbolic, um, but still he did a, a very good game, and we could see that yeah he fit very well already with the rest of the team. Uh, however, Chabrol, um, we went from, oh my God, is is good maybe to challenge Na- Naples, you know, on the game to not uh, be able to beat a third division of Austrian uh, team um, defender. Uh, was kind of disappointing by his performance. Um, but yeah, um, uh, and on the first half, yeah, it was like um, very interesting yeah, to see the, the starting eleven. Uh, perform and the second half was more like uh, trying a lot of other players, trying some positions. It was very interesting to see uh, Howie as well uh, playing left back, um, and uh, and that's maybe leads you know to a point with regarding Enkunku that uh, basically Howie 
played more time as a left back uh, in Marseille than Nkuku did. If you remember the game that he did perform in uh, French Cup uh, at the beginning of the of the year. Uh, so yes, it's definitely maybe a, a shot. I don't know because Rokia, you know, was uh, also in the group, but he was not on the um, on 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 the team. Also, yeah, maybe how is an actual uh, possibilities to be to become a left back like uh, Bunassar did. Otherwise, yeah, a lot of um, uh, good performances from Caleta, uh, Alvaro, Am- Amavi, Sanson, Payet, Tovin. So, uh, otherwise, yeah, I think it's uh, it was a good game against yeah, again a, a small team, but it was like decent. It was tough, and it was good to see uh, some transition. So, and great to sort to 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 hear uh, Evb's comment on the side. So, uh, I was I I was overall happy with the game. Quite comprehensive. Um, does anyone get anything to add to that? Any takeaways that you wanted to mention before we move on? I just go ahead, Moad. Go ahead. Yeah, I think we should always be cautious about friendly game because you know Harry is often really shining in the friendly game, and then you know we 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 saw him disappear little by little, but. It was it was really like a junkie receiving um, finally a fix after all this time and not even such a good one because I really stopped to watch friendly game after a while because they mislead you in my perception. Really, sometimes I thought that we will destroy everything after a campaign of friendly game and we were really, really terrible for the for the first three months of competition and the opposite happened as well. So uh, to me, it's like big, big training session. But so then you can see if you see them just as training session, especially against third third division uh, Austrian team, you can say that physically the team seems really ready. A lot of players seems really sharp, and I uh, think about Amavi, about Strotman. Nobody should mention Payet. Okay, still score a goal and give a goal, so it's okay. And uh, and and it was nice as well to see to see Tovan back in action because we missed him for a really long time. So that was that. What I will keep in mind from this game, but we should be cautious because I know I'm fan and we can really get over the moon because we beat uh, Pingzo. So <laughs> cautious. <laughs> this is the first no, exactly. Can be informal, so um. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And guys, uh, you, you talk about getting excited after friendlies. Uh, how many OM fans got excited after Europa League qualifier where Germain got a hat trick against Ostende? You know, so as you the say, new we papin, have to be measured. The new papin. <laughs> We have to be measured. Um, guys, I don't have much to add. Same takeaways. MOV looks very sharp. Um, Gay did well. Uh, I think my, my one takeaway about Gay, and, and this is probably my, my ignorance, because Mourad, you probably know him better than I do because you watch a lot of French football. I, I thought his position was Sanson's position, but actually he started in Camara's position, which is at the bottom of the defensive midfield trident. And um, I think he did well there. He, he, when you see him move around, he, he reminds me a lot of Janelli uh, and Bula. I think you mentioned this stuff in our, in our group chat. He does look like Janelli and Bula in his style and his risk taking with with uh, regards to his passing. But in terms of um, his positioning, he is he's a bit more like um, a Pogba really. So I don't know if that is that is his position or if that's where AVB is experimenting with him right now. I think it's um, more defensive midfielder. It's more like uh, uh, you think like it's more like Camara, Vira, Patrick Vieira in, in the style, in the spirit. Again, not the level, not yet, but uh, he is, he's more like a defensive midfielder. 
Yeah, they, they, they even give him this uh, nickname, okay. La, La Pioche, which is uh, yeah. um, the, the nickname of Paul Pogba. So, and then we go on with a lot of comparison. I mean, except in Mula, yeah. all of them are good. So let's, want, hope yeah. will, uh, let's hope that he will live up to, to, to that uh, things. But yeah, it was, it was promising. But for, I, I mean, actually, I don't, I don't watch Ligue 2 where he was playing. So I do not know him that good. But for what I gather from people that watch Ligue 2, He's more like defensive midfielder that uh, last year played as well as a um, relayer. I don't know how to say that in English, actually. Yeah, box to box. No, it's a box. It's box to box midfielder. Yeah, it's not really box to box neither, but that type of thing. Yeah, it's, it's not quite, but yeah, it's not really. We don't really have a proper translation for it. I think because, I, yeah, really, yeah, the the purpose of the midfielder is slightly different, isn't it, in a box to box? From a really relay year, but I don't know. Um, yeah, so actually, well, I was going to come back to Papagay in a bit, but I think we'll just kind of quickly move on. Um, and maybe we're not going to be able to go into much detail about this, but I just was wanting to kind of give it some coverage because I think it'd be strange if we didn't because it's been pretty much the main news story, I suppose, of the last month. So that was, and this is the sort of resurgence of the. Um, potential takeover. So, since we last podcast, we po- podcasted. Sorry, we learned a bit more about the project that um, Bujalal is supporting. So, and we learned that the the person that was leading this project is uh, Mohammed uh, Judi, which is a f- um, Tunisian businessman based in France, I believe. But he's come out and said quite a lot of things since he's revealed himself, and a lot of it's not gone down so well with the Marseille fans. Whereas I think some people as well are really excited about it. I kind of just, I don't want to go into all the details about everything he said, but I just kind of want to know what you guys are feeling about all this. Um, Does it seem like, are you feeling that it's a bit of a mess, it's a bit of a joke, as some people are saying, or do you feel that there is something legitimate there? I think I'll ask Murad, do you want to go first, sorry? I wanted to let others speak because I have this problem as well. I speak too much. And um, so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely, I mean, in, in my eyes, it looks like a coup. I, I think they are trying a coup, like to take the power in the club. And I, I really do have some insight in, from this project. And I, I talked with people uh, from this project. I interviewed uh, Murad Bujelal and, um, and, and and all of the guys that are inside the project are, are saying like, yeah, this is solid. We have some uh, really solid uh, investor behind us and everything. And they are really uh, sure of them. Then there is, a, I mean, so on the back on, on the back office, they are saying it's really something reliable, everything. Then there is Mohamed Ayashi Ajrudi, that is the, the main figure um, money-wise. And uh, this guy cast a long shadow, <laughs> pretty much. And uh, a lot of people are coming to me saying, you know, he's not really reliable. He has a lot of business in Tunisia, in, uh, with, with Saudi that didn't went through. I didn't go through that were a bit like a similar to this one where they talk a lot and then they didn't finish the thing. So I, I really have a hard time to 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 have a, 
how to say a final final decision about either it's good or not this this project but it definitely looked like a coup in that sense that even now they are saying yeah we might have talked too much in the press i mean at first i'm sorry but bujela said said to me and say to every media in france like yeah we are trying to make some noise in the media for him to not ignore us like the first time that we came to his window and that he didn't even uh, dignify us with an answer. So they really try to make some noise for, to, um, to, 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 to provoke the reaction from my court. And uh, if they say that they, they really told me as well, no, we already had all the, the investor uh, gathered before we, 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 we launched it uh, in the media. Though I think now they say, yeah, but you know, when we when we put it publicly, then other investors wanted to to join us because they 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 have confidence towards uh, Ashrudi. So I think the the media noise that they are provoking is as well a way for them of bringing more money into the things. I don't know. They said they had enough from the start. Maybe some other people tell me they didn't. So I think yeah. Anyway, to to wrap up, I think the thing is like they want to take the power in the club. They have some 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 serious argument about it with uh, like Bujelal, for example, that it's somebody that a lot of OM fans would like to see as their president. They have some ins in uh, in 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 Middle East with um, with with Ashrudi that has connection there, and apparently they already gather some investors. So um, and but Makur don't want to sell, but they want to force him to sell. And uh, by with 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 the fans and everything with some pressure, I don't know how it's gonna go, but it's a mess. I mean, yeah, you, I'm trying to to make it simple, and you know, by trying to wrap it up, I'm making it more complicated. So yeah, it's definitely a, a big mess. And uh, but yeah, I mean, in my mind, it's a coup. You know, they try to make a coup, and with the media, with investor, with everything, we'll see what uh, what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, and I don't know what to think exactly about this project. I, I agree. I think it's a coup, but I think it's a marketing coup, not a coup to actually take over the club. Um, I was doubtful yeah, but, at the but beginning. But on the other hand, I don't know, really, do you, because, uh, you know, do you think that a guy like Bujeral that is nationally known and even in the European level, because what he did with Toulon brought him a European fame, will need this uh, this type of advertisement. If the thing don't go don't, through, no, it will I look ridiculous. I don't think you... He, that's a good point, but I don't think more uh, Bujelai would need that, but maybe he's been fooled as well. Um, and maybe, yeah, it's, been, it's hard to believe that someone with this pedigree could be fooled. But, uh, but yeah, at the beginning, you know, I was like, okay, it's uh, interesting, a new um, um, project. Uh, and then... More and more you deep dive into that, and more and more it looks sketchy. And when they talk about uh, investment bank, and then they finally say the name, and I work in investment bank, and they say it was Wingate. Uh, this is not an investment bank; it's like a small boutique uh, for like small M and A uh, of like thirty million euros max. So professionally, I found it like eh, that's not really the level of organization. And then. On the interview on, on Foot Mercato of, of the of the owner of this uh, of this uh, little M&A boutique, um, he was saying he was being asked about oh yeah it's connected to a larger one international one, and and the guy said yes uh, 
but I don't know their name. And he's been and I, he received the mandate only the, the, that week. And he was like weeks after the after you even interviewed Murat Gurjela, etc. So I think that he, he didn't say that he could not say the word the name of the larger international organization. He said he didn't know the, the, their name. So I think that's very sketchy. And then the communication about oh we'll beat Zidane and Cristiano Ronaldo and maybe we win the Champions. I mean. I think it's really tried to fool Marseille fans, and I don't like to be taken for fool. Um, and I think that um, maybe it was a communication. If if it was a communication, could yeah, to uh, to let the Marseille fans uh, believe in the project, and 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 like what Bujelai said, yeah, there's like a state investment. Well, actually, there's no state investment anymore. Um, it was more about to make Marseille fans who are craving for like stars and. Lot of money to actually compete with uh, uh, Qatar Saint Germain. Uh, that I think that now Marseille fans are not fooled anymore, and there's some of them that are very active and vocal and want to believe that. Um, and I like that you are balanced about that, Murad. But uh, uh, on my side, I think is 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 more for is more like eventually the only hypothesis that I could see that is that eventually. Uh, it shows that there is a momentum for him, and eventually he could convince uh, state investment from Saudi Arabia to to join on the table. But I don't think like Saudi Arabia need that to to actually yeah, write it at the table. So I, I really agree with your analysis. I think it is the moment. You know, they 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 feel the moment and they want to seize it. And uh, what you say about this investment bank, I, I heard it. I heard something from guys in, inside Winget as well as well, and. Uh, uh, and yeah, I think, like you say, you know, maybe it's the moment they want to seize this moment, and then maybe it's uh, the moment as well to attract some people. And uh, regardless of what they say, that they already had enough from the first start, I think that maybe they think with all this noise now they will have enough. I mean, there is something a bit sketchy, but and and everything that you say, like all the error of communication. Like uh, all of these uh, Zidane and Cristiano Ronaldo uh, are made by Ajrudi, you know. I don't understand how Ajrudi can still speak. If I would be a Bujelal, I would <laughs> say, okay, come on, let, let me handle that. Because really Bujelal is somebody that OM fans, is, OM fan wants to see uh, at the head of their club. So, you know, let him speak. And then... And all the dubs are, are about this Ajrudi. And uh, anyway, I, I think we can speak about that for four hours, but... I mean, I will see what's going to happen, and I'm trying to 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 really like you know find a clue on both sides, and uh, and the more I try to 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 find clue, the the more I'm lost. So <laughs> I'm out of that. Yeah, it, it is very confusing. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, I mean, um, I, I don't have much to add because the guys have said it already. I just think, as they say, it, it, it is so easy to surf on the wave of the impopularity of Jacques-Henri Hérault and, and indirectly McCourt through Hérault being the, his, his puppet, that it's, Marseille fans are so against this guy and the, and the climate is so hostile towards him because of the whole Zubi saga that could potentially lead to AVB leaving but didn't. And it was just that the height of that hatred for him was at its pinnacle then. And these guys, suddenly Murad Boudjelal comes along and says, oh, we're trying to buy the club and I will be president. And suddenly everybody goes, fuck me. Yes. You know, like this guy knows what he's doing. Um, finally, someone who, who has a big pair of balls, who can go to war with someone like Olas. 
um, even with Nasser Al-Khalafi. I think it's too easy for them. The timing was too convenient. They couldn't resist the urge to, and, and it would have been stupid of them to not make some noise. They've made too much noise. And the risk is now that it's like, it just feels like a big house of cards that once it actually gets looked at properly, um, as Arnaud has said, he, he, he's looked at it from the professional financial side of things. Once you start picking it apart, you actually realise, well, it's a lot of, lot of noise, but actually not a lot of substance to it. Yeah, I do agree with everything the three of you have said. It, it does look very sketchy in some of the revelations about Wingate and yeah, various things that you know that you talked about. Arno, um, it doesn't look good. But I mean, if, if I just say my one sort of disagreement with you all is that I don't really care about the comments about Zidane or Ronaldo. I think they were kind of taken out of context a little bit as well. I think. The Ronaldo thing, I mean, he's just talking about, yeah, he, he dreams of seeing Ronaldo play for Marseille. I don't think he's really saying, I'm going to go out and buy Ronaldo. But um, I know it's a stupid comment to make, especially after the rubbish that we heard four years ago from Eho and McCool when they sort of, well, I'm being a bit harsh, maybe not rubbish, but I think maybe we're, we're wary about being misled again, um, being sold sort of pipe dreams. But I'm not bothered about that too much. You know, I dream of us signing Pogba and Griezmann and Varane, but I don't think it's going to happen, you know. the But I do think there's a Dan one as well. It doesn't bother me that much. I don't think... If the project was as financially um, massive as he claims it to be. I don't think Zidane is that unrealistic a manager to be to be targeting. I don't think Zidane will last at Real Madrid. Real Madrid never keep their managers for more than two or three seasons. He will get sacked probably next season when they go on a poor run of form. He'll get sacked and where does he go after that? And if Marseille did if they were taken over by a, a project that had the financial might, I don't think it's that unrealistic to imagine. So that doesn't bother me that much. Um, but I agree that all the other little details that are coming out, it doesn't look like a very credible project. It looks very concerning. And I'm a bit worried that it's a bit like that guy from the Fire documentary in Netflix, you know, just one big con that he's convinced people, like you said, Arno, maybe he's actually convinced Bujalau that it's sound, but Bujalau's been fooled, like a lot of other people. Maybe he's just a big con artist. Um, that's the bit that worries me. But anyway, um, I think we'll just kind of sort of move on from that. I'm worried about the time, but um, so just thinking about the Mercato, um, we talked about Papagayi. Um, so we've kind of already spoken about him as a player. I just wondered if we, if you've got any thoughts about his situation in terms of um, his transfer, his on-off transfer to Watford and how that might impact Marseille. Do you think that we're going to regret making this signing? And I'm going to ask you, Ben, to go, if you can answer that one first. Um, yes and no. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Let's face it. Um, they signed him on a pre-contract. He's claiming that as a minor, potentially, he was manipulated by a greedy agent. Um, my, my personal thoughts, and again, maybe Murad knows more about this because he he knows more about the rules and stuff. If I was to take a guess, I would imagine that if it does go south, it would be similar to the Lasana Jara situation where the player gets condemned, not, not us. 
because we believe we were well within our rights that the players withdrawn from the contractual agreement. Um, he signed for us before that contractual agreement was supposed to begin. In his eyes, he was free. Uh, we, look, we are. We know his. Actually, if I can go ahead here, it's. A, I think what's the it's in risk here is that he might be banned for a couple of months. And uh, we might have to pay uh, to, to pay some fine to to Watford. And nowadays, we I mean the last uh, news about it were, were about like three million is euro fine or something like that. That's fine. That's nothing, is it? Let's face yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. If you cannot make him play for three months and uh, you have to pay three million euro Watford, it doesn't seem that bad. Then I mean that's what I heard. Then. Could it be worse? I mean, not not from what I heard. Then, well, we'll see. I mean, look. At, at the end of the day, we 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 discussed his profile, didn't we, months ago, Steph? And we we were all saying, why the hell are we not going for this kid? Because he's the type of profile of player. You know, we bought Zambuangi and We did really well to sell him for thirty million. It was fucking miraculous. Although, having said that, he's had a very good season for Villarreal. But um. Look, he Pab Gay's got potential. He's highly rated by a lot of scouts. Um, he's got the profile that we know the Premier League will will come knocking on our door in a couple of years if he plays. It doesn't necessarily need to be outstanding. He just needs to be consistent and be in the starting eleven every week. And then a club like West Ham or a promoted club will come to you and, and put thirty five million on the table for him. And if if it costs us three million as a fine to Watford to have signed him, if we multiply that by ten, then we, we win overall. So. So far, we saw him today. His profile is something we were lacking in the squad. He's a physical midfielder. I think he's going he's gonna to improve as the season goes on. I'm, I'm excited about this signing, and I think that he's going to be very useful for us in Ligue 1. Maybe not Champions League. It might be a step too high for him, but in Ligue 1, I think he'll, he'll rapidly bridge the gap between Ligue 2 and Ligue 1 because he's got the physical and, and technical ability. Um, and then it's a case of... <laughs> Guys, I mean, look, he played this friendly today. He's he scored, and Valentin Rangier still hasn't scored for us. So I know it's only a friendly, but hey. <laughs> so just thinking about departures, because that's the only signing we've made. I know we're close to making another one, which I'll come to in a moment. But just before we do that, um, I just want to think about departures. So we've seen two young players leave. So that is Isaac Lehaji and Niels Nkunku. And we've kind of been talking about the Lehaji thing for a while. I think for we've brought it up in the podcast throughout the last season. Um, so we kind of knew it was on the cards. The Nkunku one, we only really started to kind of suspect this was going to happen in the last few months. But I guess my question here for you guys is that is there something wrong at the club? Is there, is there a problem that maybe needs to get addressed and that we are losing some of our most talented um, players from our formation? Um, yeah, so what is the real problem? Is it is it from ourselves or is it something external that we can't control? Um, I'm going to ask you, Achno, um, if you want to go first. Yeah, no, I've, obviously it's a, it's a disappointment that these uh, promising players can't sign and, and play with us. Um, that being said, yes, I was really under shock when I read uh, in L'Equipe that uh, when there was a first talk uh, to sign Lihaji, Zubizarreta asked uh, him to find an actual agent that he didn't want to talk with the tutor of Lihaji. And then, yes, they, <laughs> they find an agent and then 
he was not able then to 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 make him sign. So yeah, I think it was like very poor negotiation, very poor um, attitude from Zubizarreta on that case. Um, for for Nils and Kunku, I think it's it's pretty different. So yes, they 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 made some offer. The thing is that um, he didn't seem to have a lot of chance to play. So uh, again, yeah, don't watch all the um, under nineteen games, etc. But or the the B team. But uh, I, I've I've seen in, in Kunku when in, in training and some games in in Washington last year, uh, and yes, he, he he impressed me more than Rokia, for instance. Uh, however, yeah, he never had a chance on on the first team. Um, if you think about it again, how he played much more time <laughs> than he did uh, as a left back for Marseille. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I understand his agent's point to say that uh, at least in Everton, there's Luca Dean who is number one, but he's also remote to be transferred. And then the number two is like 36 years old. So eventually as a left back, maybe he has some chances that he may not even have uh, in Marseille. Uh, so, so I guess, yeah, for, for this case, is very different from Lihaji who had also an opportunity to play uh, in the starting eleven in League One last year when Tovan was uh, was off and and so he was yeah more about fi- financial uh, negotiation than anything else. So I think it's two different cases. Yeah. Well, I think we'll see with uh, Nkunku if the if his agent Lume um, is is correct in his reasons for 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 leaving the club because you know as we saw the other week there are rumours that Everton could look to ship him out on loan but uh, but yeah I think you made a good point actually Arno earlier, earlier on about the game today with Rockia not playing and Kawi yeah. playing at left back it, it, it kind of looks like Rockia is not a real contender then and he might leave too um, but yeah I just wondering um, Murad what you think about these the loss of these two players do you think that is is there anything that you're aware of within the club, anything systematic that might be causing this, or just the individual? These are just individual cases, and that's all it is. I think it's not like systematic in the in the sense of the club. I think it's systematic in the in the world of football. Unfortunately, now if you're 17 and uh, you show some promises, you will have tons of possibility of financial opportunities and you will have tons of uh, people that are more or less well intentions that uh, intention that will come around you to to try to 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 persuade you to go here or to go there and that's uh, and, and that's that's a big problem for for Nkunku as much as I know. I mean, uh, Villas Boas has had his doubt about him because he he was really I mean how to say like powerful for the attack, but he had some great great um, some great great weakness in the defense uh, in the defense areas and uh, and he was not so convinced about it plus there is his agent behind he's not somebody easy and actually you you know you should should remember alessandrini in om and alessandrini that was not playing and his agent always uh, saying like yeah but my player is not is not playing uh, bielsa is a crook and he should play he's <laughs> the best is uh, the best player that we ever had and now we have in kunku that like specialists that watch all the game of uh, b team are saying like yeah he has 
has much progress to do in the in the defense area and uh, his agents say yeah he should already be a starter from the from the a team so uh, and Kunku is. I, I'm. I was surprised that he could land Everton. It seems like a great opportunity for him. Then we'll see how it will go. And for Liegi, I think it's just a, a tale of modern football. Fortunately, we were not um, fast enough. Probably the fault of uh, of Zubizarreta. And then um, a really shady agent came along and uh, transformed this simple deal in something really complicated and uh, and we are not uh, we are not shark enough to to have land that i think that's uh, that's about it l'equipe wrote a brilliant piece about it about the, the story of uh, of the the signing of the agile meal i really found it really nice and with uh, with great lots of uh, of details i really recommend it to everybody but yeah it's it's really hard if you want to to be uh, you want to, to base your future team in your academy you really have to be ready to deal with uh, with a lot of sharks and uh, and i don't know if we are really ready for that and um, yeah that's that's what is systematic for me and uh, i hope we'll do better in the following years and um, <laughs> i just wish the best for the adrian kunku i uh, for me i'm i'm quite hot by all this i think i just for me it's like it's the one thing I want to see at Marseille more than anything is not the money, you know, the, um, you know, big oil money investment or anything like MPSG. I just want us to produce quality local players through our youth system and be great at that. And I'd like to see us be like Ajax or something like that, you know, that kind of club that um, is self-sustainable and has a connection to its, its own local community and identity but so it's really for me it's a I was really hot that these to see these kind of players leave especially when they're possibly so talented that they might be good enough um but yeah that's I guess as you said that's I, I modern guess football exactly as the guys have said <clears throat> I think it's take it as a learning curve now the, the key positive is we are producing these players right that's the main thing to take away from all of this is if we are now in a position where every summer we're able to sign consistently two or three players from the academy and give them a chance in the first team and one out of three will be good and the other two will, will, will end up loaning out or selling off, that's fine. If this is a learning curve and we don't make the same mistake again in the future, fine. And then back to your analysis, Steph, if it does become season after season the same thing every time, then it is a systemic problem and then it, then it is something that really will become a big issue for us because if we're investing all this time and money in this talent and we're not retaining it, we look like idiots and we're losing out on big potential resales, but also, you know, the local the local sort of spirit of the team and, and all these Buba cameras that we could produce in the future who are really personally fans of the club because their parents are and all that stuff. Yeah, we all want to see more of those, but if we can't keep them then it's a problem. So let's we need to keep an eye on it, but it's not an issue just because of these two players. Yeah, great, absolutely. And I'm glad you corrected my English. I always, systemic, I always get those words mixed up. Um, but yeah, so just thinking about players coming in now, so it looks like we're going to be bringing in a central defender um, and we're pretty close to bringing... Um, a young defender from Borussia Dortmund, it seems, Leonardo Balerdi. Um, Rumours are that he's going to sign next week 
although the French the door the transfer window is actually closed, isn't it? So it's not going to be official. A- AVB just gave an update in his post match interview yeah. saying we're we're close to signing him, but there are a couple of late 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 other bidders that have come to the table. Um, so he hopes that he's done enough for his discussions with him to convince him. But he'd be he he is he is the priority. That's what AVB said. Okay, so well, so it looks like he's possibly could come in, but there are some other options or some other names that have um, been released in the press in the last week. Other young defenders, um, the other ones all French, so like Malang Sarr um, from Nice, um, Tobi Todibo from Barcelona, and I think Axel Di Sassi of of France was also mentioned. Um, but Balerdi seems to be the front runner. Um, so just. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Is he the right choice for us, given that there's this crop of interesting young defenders available? And I will go with um, Murad to ask you first. Yeah, well, um, I don't know much about Valerdi, and I don't like lying to to, to, to our listeners, so I won't say that I I, I never saw him uh, played, actually. Um, But I think his profile is pretty interesting and uh, that's the type of profile uh, that we should target so um, so so why not i'm pretty how to say curious about about this guy i'm pretty curious about the guy that uh, played i think 13 game at a professional level might had generated the 27 million euro between his uh, transfer from boca to dortmund and from dortmund to om that's uh, that's that's really in the same um, in the same area that our previous topic. It, like the, the, this market of the young player is really crazy, and uh, you, you you never know if you will find a, a, a Pogba or a Lucas Silva. You you never know which type uh, what you are recruiting when you're recruiting those, those young players. So my point of optimism is that I know that this guy had been scooped. By uh, by by Zubi, Valentin, and all the the, the scouting team in OM, and uh, and that they are pretty um, enthusiastic about him. So, you know, I I think if you're making your job good in the and before recruiting, if you're scouting the guy really properly, and then you're bringing him because you know that he will bring something to your team, and uh, and then he's succeeding, all the the Marseille fans will look other team doing that and say. Why the fuck we cannot do that? So if we're doing it now, <laughs> why not? You know, I, I I want to believe in that. I want to believe that uh, that that the scouting team in OM uh, under Valentin and Zubi uh, supervision made a good work, and that we have great target, and that uh, this guy is uh, is worth his money. So that's all I can say about him because unfortunately I never saw him play. Yeah, I think that's probably what we're all thinking, to be honest. Um, I don't think many of us have seen much action from him. It, it does seem a strange one because he's a bit of an unknown quantity when there's names out there that we're a bit more familiar with. So, But maybe Vilas Boas is just, no, they know something about this kid, that they, they see something special in him. Um, I think what I'm going to do is just move on to the right back position and I'm going to ask you Arno about what your opinions are about this first so we've got two players at right back already Bunasar and Hiroki Sakai and we've seen in the last week or so that both of them could leave 
you know, not just one, but possibly both of them, maybe, because Sakai has apparently um, said that he wants to leave with Heard. Don't know how true that is, but that's what um, some um, sites are reporting. But also Bunasar is supposedly um, attracting interest from various clubs in Spain, for example. Um, I think it's Sevilla and maybe Atletico Madrid. Um, now, I guess what I'm wondering is, do you think we should cash in on the either of these two players at right back? And, and the names that have kind of been floating around to replace them. So we've seen some young players like... Uh, I think Musa Wagyu of Barcelona, um, Kenny Lala of Strasbourg, for example. Do you think that that is good business to to sell what we have and bring in? Steph, Steph, cut cut the crap. Come on, you can't wait to get rid of Bunasar. Come on, to be honest. (laughs) No, honestly, I I like I like Bunasar on my side. and uh, but yes, we have we don't have to forget that uh, we also need to make some sales and to to generate some revenue and Bunasai is also um, a, a potential source of, uh, of income for us. And yes, if Sakai, you know, is at the end of a cycle, or like we say in French, and, and want to, to see other horizons, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess maybe we have to let him go. And, and yes, I think uh, there are some rumors like Lala, I think, could be good contestants. I think Mohamed um, Abdallah could also be uh, um, a promising number two. Uh, so yes, in a time where we need to to also uh, have uh, some balances on the on, on, on the balance sheet, uh, that could be yeah uh, the right way right way to go. And, and just to to have one word about the different topics uh, about the youngsters. Yeah, let's not forget we still have signed Bertelli. He was, he was also uh, yes uh, praised by uh, by others. Uh, and and about Balerdi. I thought yeah, maybe it could be the Argentinian Doria, but then I've seen that uh, Gabi Ainzer um, also approved and say that he's is is good. So uh, and and Avibi is a Boca fan, so maybe also he has some insider's info. So so yes, I, I think yeah, we need to be positive as well. And uh, and yes, I would trust that yes, if we need to to move forward on the right back, um, we can find some good solutions. Now that we be playing in Champions League, it's it's also right moment to attract uh, good players. Yeah, about Bellardi, as you said, he played for Boca with uh, Dario Benedetto. So you would think that AVB has had a chat with Dario and said, what yeah. do you think of this kid? Is he any good? Sounds, and, yeah. that, you know, if we're still looking to sign him, it means that Dario has said good things about him. So, yeah. touch wood, we're, we're making a good investment, hopefully. Okay, yeah, good points. Um, I think that... I've forgotten what I was going to say, to be honest, so I'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to lay into yeah. Bunasar, didn't you? You wanted no, to lay into no, him. No, I'm not going to go on about Bunasar. Yeah. <laughs> if we honest, if we get 15 million for him, are you going to drive him to the airport, mate? Yeah, I, to be honest, like, <laughs> recently I've been changing my view about Bunasar. Not that I think he's good, that I want to keep him, but I think uh, him and Sakai, I'd probably rather keep Saar at the moment because Sakai was quite poor last season. And I know both of them do cover two positions and that's something to think about so I can cover right wing Sakai can cover left back and it's really about what you want to sacrifice but at the moment I'm sort of swaying towards sacrifice and Sakai just for the, in a sporting level but Saar is probably more likely to be a sensible um, sale from a financial um, sense I guess so it's a bit you know you've got your way up but, it's out there. but I'm not really too bothered about him staying or leaving at the moment 
surprisingly, as though everyone thinks I hate him so much. But but yeah, so just thinking about uh, another position, actually another departure, and I'm going to ask you about this, Ben. We've talked about him in the last podcast, and it looks like he might be pretty close to leaving, and that is Maxim Lopez, who is um, reportedly very close to joining Sevilla for, I think, as little as €8 million. Euros. Do you think we should sell him, I guess, for that price? I mean, some sources today are now saying £12 million. Who knows? Look, again, it's a perfect example of a player we bought through the youth system. We've given him a run in the first team. It, it hasn't really paid off. If I had to rate him out of 10 in his time for us, probably six. Um, I just sadly think he's not cut out for Ligue 1 because Ligue 1 has become a very physical league with very physical midfield opponents. And um, in games where we have possession and we're dominating them, he would be a great player because we saw that a few times this season. Um, but in the, in games where we go away to places like Rennes and Lille and we need to set up really defensively and be really decisive when we do get a chance on the break, he, he's not cut out for that type of game. And that will be, again, AVB's tactic next year, especially with the Champions League. We'll come up against better teams than us. We're going to have to be very solid defensively and try and catch them on the break. So... I'm not sad to see him go. I'm just sad that he probably played for the wrong Marseille team at the wrong time. Because if he would have been here when we had Nasri and, and Mamadou Nyong and all those other players where we were actually take, dominating games and we were creating chances consistently, he would have been in a very good environment. But look, we've given him a chance. We've got a decent return on investment. If we sell him... All I hope is that we, we include a clause that means we get a, a 15, 10-15% of any future sale because then we'll always cash in for our investment of having you know brought him through the youth system. And again, I think I, like with every departure because our squad is so thin, I will judge his transfer on how we'd replace him. And um, I think quite Actually, again, while we were on this podcast, um, there's rumour come out about, is it Yohan Luffy, the, the Lorient playmaker, that we're, we're again, apparently we're now negotiating for, for like six million or something. So if we replace him quantitatively and, and qualitatively with, with a player that's similar, but who maybe has a bit more potential, then fair play. You know, thanks. Thanks. And hope you, you have a good career in La Liga. Um, Murad, I'm kind of interested in what you think about Lopez. You know, I think you're from Marseille, right? Um, am I correct? So just thinking about whether... Because I know, like, maybe a lot of people are a little bit um, biased, you know, or maybe not very, maybe they're not very objective when they're talking about Lopez because they see him as a sort of local kid that was this sort of, you know, the first in a long time of uh, talented local product that the club have come um come have pre- um brought through so it was like he was like a breath of fresh air at a time when things were pretty grim do you feel that affinity towards him and wanting him to stay or do you also agree that he's maybe just not the right man for the club anymore yeah that's he's definitely a player that that cannot um and that, that bring a lot of debates everywhere uh, with other journalists, with any fans. And uh, I'm more on, this, on, on his side, actually. I, I like this type of player. And 
it happened that sometimes some 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 fans were coming to me and saying, "I'm sorry, Murad, but Yo Lopez was really bad." And it was okay. I'm not his daddy, you know. It's okay. I like him, but you know, with with some with some respect. And uh, yeah, I I I agree with Ben when he said that maybe he's not cut out for for, for this Marseille team for this league, huh? Because he's he's having a, a really particular type of uh, a way of playing. He, he needs to touch the ball really often. He's more some somebody that makes the game easy. When um, when when you are in OM on in two thousand in two thousand twenty, you 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 are mostly like against a solid team that is really locked, and you need some somehow to to create something from nowhere. And that's not who he is. That's not the player he is. He is a player that is uh, that you put inside a strong team, a team that play together and that makes every every other guy better. But here there is not enough move for him. And he's, he's having, I don't know, a way of playing that should be always in movement with people around him, always in movement. And, uh, and that's really hard to put. Uh, to, to put in order to, to to really make it concretely in Ligue 1. We we saw maybe the, the best game of Lopez for me, except this one against Lyon, was against Montpellier at home, and uh, the this OM team was playing really nicely with a lot of moves from every side, and Lopez was shiny because he when, when there is movement around him, he's seeing it and he's giving it, and uh, that's uh, that's unfortunately not the type of game that you have often in Ligue 1. So. Yeah, um, I I think he needs to go for his career, and uh, and 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 yeah, I, I will be sad if he if he is becoming big in FC Sevilla, for example. But I will be more sad if his uh, if his career never really uh, took off. But uh, we have to remember that for a young player that uh, came came out of the academy, he already play more than one hundred game. Which is not too bad already at this point, but yeah, he, he definitely generate a lot of disappointment because people saw him a bit more like uh, the new the the Marseille Iniesta or the Marseille Chavin that was probably a bit too much for him. So I've got one more question actually about a potential arrival. So the I think you might remember maybe about a month ago um, we read I don't know who it was that reported it, but it but um, it was revealed that. Um, we were interested in three positions potentially, so we were looking at def- um, strengthening with a defender that could play as a fullback, a midfielder, and a forward. Um, I think maybe what it was mentioned one that could possibly play out wide as well. And obviously that changes, you know, as we sell players, we might need to fill other positions. But it looks like we've already got a midfielder, um, if that's the case, and we might already have a central defender if things go to plan. But with the forward, you know, we mentioned. I think Niang in the last podcast. We've seen another name come up in the last few days. It's um, Slimani, um, Algerian striker, plays for Leicester, doesn't he? I think at one loan at Monaco. Oh no, yep. is he is he a player that you'd like to see up front for Marseille? I mean, he's he's a very good player. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the only thing is that his age. He's 32, and uh, uh, I think this is not a Type in terms of profile that that we should we should have. We already have Benedetto is not so young, so I think uh, as a forward we should bet on a on a younger, promising uh, player who could eventually yes uh, 
break through it. Um, and then, yeah, yes, he has, I guess, um, a big uh, salary will still not come for, for free. So if he comes, yeah, I think he, is, he will be a great addition. But yes, on the longer term and, uh, and also considering our finances, I think that's maybe we, we should have uh, more yeah, policy to try to scout uh, um, promising talents. But uh, again, yes, he's, he's a brilliant player, so no doubt about that. I, th I think the problem with the problem with Slimani is that if we were in August, for example, end of August, the season's already started, and we've already managed to get rid of either Germain, Mitroglou, or both, and you think, fuck it, you know, there's no one else around, let's take him on a one-year deal, then yes, yeah. okay, because you can think, well, we've had time to research and there were no other opportunities. The problem is to be linked with him this early. I mean, we're always going to be linked with him because we've shown interest in the past and it's very easy for agents and the media to link their players to us. But yeah, as Arno says, I'd rather... Uh, and Steph, you've, you've mentioned the name. I'll let, I'll let you reveal the surprise that you would like to see. But yeah, there are, there are other opportunities. Yeah, there are other opportunities currently that we could be exploring that may be better for us in the long term. Um, so I think it, it, it just comes down to what opportunities are out there in the markets. If we get rid of Mitroglou and or Germain and we're in end of August and we still don't have a, someone to back up Benedetto, then fine. But if we sign him now, I think we'll all be looking at it with raised eyebrows going, great, both our strikers are over 30. I guess, quick yes-no answer for you, Murad. Um, should, we say, should we sign him? I cannot say yes or no, <laughs> because I'm really in between. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, to be honest, I'm more of a clear no, actually. I'm not a big fan of him. I think <laughs> he's old, old and expensive, and I'm, you know, we're just trying to get rid of two old and expensive forwards. It's yeah, just, but he, he yeah. is really good. I mean, he, he really proved it last, last season. He was really good with, with Monaco. It's not like our... Other two uh, holding expensive that are not that level. It's true. That's true. I do question his mentality though, because he, I think he did, um, he did allegedly cause troubles towards the end at Monaco. I mean, look, he was never going to be the starter when you've got Wissam Ben there, Let's face it. But apparently, he was on the bench and he was making noises that he was unhappy, and they almost, I think, they almost cut his loan short at, at some point. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I do question his his attitude and his mentality. Will he be a troublemaker? Maybe. So, um, final section. So, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but I just thought it would be fun if we could all kind of give our ideas on what who we'd like to see come in um, at the club and who we'd like to see sold. So, imagine you are the new head of football, I guess. Like, who are you going to sell and who are you going to bring in? And I guess we don't really know what the financial situation is, what the budget is, because I'm not really clear after when we pass through the DNCG, uh, um, how much we actually have to sell. I know before people, um, there was a lot of reports about us having to sell 60 million euros worth of players. I don't know if that's the case right now, but I, I think we can still assume that we're going to have to sell. Um, who wants to go first? I, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, because I thought about a lot of things and... Um... Yeah, I mean, it depends, like you say. So I would like to start with 
the player I would dream of if we if we would have some money. He's not so expensive, but still he's playing in Manchester City, so he's costing a lot of money. I say dream of, though I'm not thinking about Kevin De Bruyne. I'm thinking about his, um, the, the, the guy that looks exactly like De Bruyne, and it's called Zinchenko. And I, I think we are looking for a left back, for a left winger, from possibly a midfielder. And I saw Zinchenko playing really brilliantly at the three position. And from I'm not sure because I tried to look up his, his salary. He seems to not be paid that much. Though he's definitely, um, I mean, he's definitely playing in, in Man City, so I'm not sure that they will be so eager to, to, to let him go. But uh, And now, now I'm on transfer market and they think that he's worth 24 million euros, so it's definitely too much. And uh, probably we have no chance to have him. But if you ask me, OK, we have a reasonable amount of money who you want to sign according to what we need, I will go for Zinchenko, but um, it's a bit a dream, let's say. I'm, I know that it's not reasonable. Okay, anyone else got any thoughts about who they'd like to see brought in or sold? Um, ben, do you want to go? Uh, I, I guess, again, the, the question is, who are we going to sell? If we if we have to sell, I would much rather we try and get twelve million for Lopez and fifteen million for Bunasar than than get rid of Chaleta Car. So if we can avoid it, keep our key players. But if we need to sell one of them, for me, Sanson it has to be. He's done his time with us. He's been consistent. He's been okay. He's had some poor games, some good games. If we can get thirty million for him and that plugs the gap, fine. I'll be happy to make that sacrifice. Um, I guess it's it, it comes down to the midfield and the creative players. Um, I know, I, I, unfortunately, I think he gave an interview early this week saying he wasn't that interested in leaving Bayern Munich, but Maxime Cuisance would, would have been a good player to get on loan. Um, I think that when you compare his situation, it reminds me a lot of Johan Gourcuff when he was at Milan and then Bordeaux got him on loan and ended up signing him. So he's a name that I like that we've been linked with. Um, and again, I think that our weakest position after that, despite you know left back, we've not had a, a solid left back backup for years. I think it's wingers. And um, yes, we've got Radonic, and we did a lot of good things last season without Tavan, but we could do with a winger. Um, and that's that's when it becomes a lot more muddles, a lot more complicated in terms of which profile you can attract and who would be a good investment. But that is where I would spend the money is, is on a winger, really, a backup winger or even a, a winger that could challenge for a starting place. Because let's face it, even though Payet signed a new deal, he's not going to be around forever at that at this level. Um, I did say I did say in the group, Andrea Schurler, but he's retired, um, surprisingly, at 29 years old. But he's a, he's a guy I would have taken a gamble on because I think he's... He's, you know, the German mentality of being uh, uh, professional and hardworking, etc. But that's that's he's fucked me up for this podcast now because he's retired. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, I do like. We've been linked with uh, Adrian Thomason, who's just left Strasbourg, and it was very good at Strasbourg. So if we can, I think he's a free agent. If we can sign him as a stopgap, and then hopefully have some more money to spend next summer on someone who's de- decent and got potential. Yes, um, I'd take him. So I think Thomas on as a stopgap, I would take. 
And if if I can, if I if I may add, uh, I saw that now on social network this uh, Enzo Lefay rumor is back. By the way, it was a football club de Marseille that revealed that we we, we follow the um, the player, and so I I didn't see him play because once again I'm not watching Ligue 2. But you're going to reveal that you're his agent. Is that what you're going to say? I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. But but yeah, I'm, but I'm speaking to agent, to 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 player, to scout, and everything, and they really telling me that this guy is phenomenal and uh, and that it's a gamble. It's it's a bet that you should take, and so. I think Zinchenko is is out of reach, but uh, I would be like like Balerdi. I would be really curious if we could get uh, Lefay. And uh, with this idea of having young player, there is a lot of good French player that uh, like Cuadio um, Cone that is playing in Toulouse that had shown promises last season. Uh, Toulouse is going to Ligue 2, and before he really became big, and his uh, his value is really really big as well i i would like to see that and if i would finish with some um, some big some big gamble there is artem juba there is a russian striker that uh, andre villasboas known that is he's 32 he is coming at his end of his contract at the at the end of july somebody really um, really impressive on the field I, I will not be again seeing him with OM uh, OM shirt, but he's costing a lot of money. So, but yeah, I was, a, I was a huge fan of Dmitry Sichev, you know, and uh, he was he was all right for us. He was never exceptional, but yeah, uh, I, I like that. You know, from Russia with love, I'm all for it. <laughs> Arno, um, what about yeah. you? Who would you like to see come in? Who would you like to see go? No, oh, yeah, I'll try to be original and. Uh, um, players that not have not been linked uh, with Marseille, but to more say about the profile. And since I'm in America, I would mention yeah Jonathan David that is uh, also actually linked with uh, Lille. This type of players that I think we should target or to and if maybe it's too much of a high shot. Even though it's crazy to think that Lille could sign him uh, without Champions League and that with Champions League we cannot we would not be able to make him sign. But otherwise, um, I, I was still impressed so, by Josh, uh, Josh Sargent, who's also an American uh, striker. Um, and I discovered him at the World Cup under 70 that was in India. I was in India at that time. And he made a great tournament. He's playing for Bremen, who just saved his ass from relegation. Um, not that he was like, um, like scoring so much goals, but uh, for when he scored, yeah, he did impress me. So yeah, it would be more like a bet, and uh, to to maybe have a challenger or number three as a, as a striker. Uh, that's uh, some players that I would love to to see uh, as uh, being in America. Yeah, just Sargent. Very interesting. Wow, I um, definitely wouldn't have thought of that. So I'm we've, not familiar with them, but we've, we've got an international scouting team here. It's yeah, amazing, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, um, now that you say that, um, so I think I probably gave this a bit more thought than everyone else. But I've been thinking about it for ages, to be honest. Um, so I, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's really about who do you sell. Um, because we need to make some money back. And for me, the first and foremost, the players that need to be sold, I feel, are Germain, Mitroglu, Strutman, personally, and Radonjic, um, as well as probably Bunasar, 
or Hiroki Sakai, possibly even both of them. To be honest, I'd sell them all. And I think if that if none of those players can bring in that much money, the one big player that I would sacrifice, a you know, big big sale, is Chaleta Saar. Sadly, as much as I like him as a player, I think that he's easier to replace than other positions in the squad. Um, so I, I I'm quite happy to see a bit of a, a clear out. Um, to raise the money that's necessary to bring in the players that we need, but um, but I've been having a think about who we could bring in without spending really any money at all, um, and I think that there's quite a few players available in the market. So you know, if we think about central defence. We've already mentioned Malang Saar as available on a free transfer. He would be my pick, although I think it's unlikely because I think he wants to move abroad, and I don't know how. I think he might be quite attached to his club, but I don't think I'm not sure he would fancy coming to a rival. Um, but he would be my choice. And to be honest, I think if we sold Chaleta Saar, we could probably have the money to bring in two defenders. So probably I would bring in Saar and someone else. I'm not sure about who the other one I would choose is, but there's some interesting names like to us already. Um, I think we need a fullback. Um, especially if we sell one or two of our right back. So I would want to bring in someone who can probably play on both right back and left back. And, you know, again, there's some interesting young players that have been linked to us in the last week, but the player that I've gone for is one that you probably wouldn't have thought of. Um, But I think he's a good young-ish player with who had a lot of potential, and I think he he could do a job. He He can defend well. He's decent going forward. Well, he's decent enough. He's a steady player. He's not outstanding, but he's decent, solid. And that's Valentin Rossier, who used to play for Dijon. And he's gone to Sporting. And I don't think he's done very well in Sporting. I don't think he's played much at all. And I think he's the kind of player that we could pick up pretty cheap um, and give him another chance. And I think he'd be a good cover for, say, one of our, say if Sarah is a right back, he, he's a good backup and he can also cover Amavi at left back, but he's also potentially good enough to become the starting right back, I feel. Um, so he would be my pick, actually, and I'd like to see a backup for Tovan and Payet. Um, and, you know, there's rumours, he's been linked to us in this window, there's rumours that Ronnie Lopez could be going on loan to Nice. I think that's a deal that we should be making on loan. Why not? I mean, he's a decent player. He'd be a good backup, experienced at a high level to to our two star players. So I'd bring in Ronnie Lopez if we could get him on loan. Um, not because I'm particularly attached to the player, but just because I think it's a deal that's... If, if Nice are making it, then we should really be looking at it. It seems like a good deal. And then up front is probably where I've become the most creative of all. Um and the reason why I've mentioned this chap is because I have I don't know like if there's much to it, but I have seen reports um in I think one of the Italian um sites, I don't know which one it was, um, that he could be going on loan potentially. Um and if he was available on loan, I think this is a must have for us as a the perfect striker really to to switch with Benedetto and it's uh, Rafael Leo from Milan, who hasn't played at all much at all at Milan, and he's been disappointing. But we know from when he was in Leo that he was a quite an exciting young player. So I would, if we could get a guy like him on loan again, then I'd bring him in, and I'd just take the gamble. And if we do well next year, maybe we've got the money 
to make some of these deals permanent. That's that's how I do it. Mm-hmm. That, that's really, I mean, Leo, it's a good idea. I mean, I think he was a bit overrated when he went to Milan, but still he's really talented and he, he has something. And yeah, if he's available, I think it's a really good idea. I'm not a big fan of Rosiedo. I, I I never liked him in Ligan, but, you know, it's okay. I, I really definitely uh, put you a plus one for, for Leo. It's a good idea. Well, you know, he's he's not a flashy player, Rossi, but I just think he's decent, steady option. That was my reason. But yeah, so um, I think that's us finished for tonight. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up? I mean, football is back. Let's be happy <laughs> and let's see let, let's see some football. I really hope that you know uh, Villas Boas will made will make a second season as good as his first, and that we will. See people in the stadium in whole security, sanitary, and everything, and that we will enjoy. I mean, I'm really, I really, really want uh, OM back, and I really want to 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 hear Velodrome shouting, screaming after a goal. That's really, I'm really uh, missing that, and uh, really hope that it's it's back soon. The 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 same, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for everyone and Murad, thanks for taking the time because you must be a busy guy. And I know good to have you back despite the time difference, you know. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. No worries. All right. Thanks very much, guys. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please do so. Help us get the podcast out there and more known. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.